Hi, I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dying Task Podcast. Um, usually when we make a mistake in TV behind the scenes that we can kind of hide, you just let it go because the audience never knew. But I'm going to take you behind the scenes of a mistake that I made, which has resulted in me recording this at this moment. So at this moment, it is Thursday morning, and I am technically in the morning news at this point. But I just discovered through my amazing editor, Brian Lau, that I messed up when I sent in some files and I sent in one of the mistake files. So I am now in a commercial break with about three minutes to re-record the intro for this week's podcast. And uh, thank goodness for having like really great colleagues <laughs> because they're all making it happen because I dropped a ball, which happens to all of us. So here we go. I've got three minutes of a commercial break. And I think two car commercials to like stretch it out a little bit to try to get this done. Okay, so this week's podcast is actually the result of something that I put on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. So I did one of those things where I said, ask me anything. And when I do that, that is, again, behind the scenes, me fishing for ideas for podcasts because it helps me figure out like what do people really care about? What would they like to hear us talk about on this show? So one of the things that kept coming up over and over again was running because that's one of the things that I post about on social media. I'm not into posting pictures of my family and that kind of thing. Actually, they are really not into me posting pictures of them, which is totally fine. So I post pictures of running because for me, running is one of those things I just love to do. So I get asked a lot of questions about like, how do I become a runner? And I don't think people mean literally because if something was chasing you, you would figure out how to run pretty quickly. But I think what they mean is how do you stick with running? And that is probably one of the trickier things to do in life for sure. So this week, I thought I'm going to talk about running because it is what I'm doing in my personal life as well. Because for six years now, I've been coaching cross country, middle school, fifth through eighth graders, a delightful mix of kids, fifth and sixth, amazing, seventh and eighth, complicated. <laughs> Put them together and you have some very interesting conversations on the trail. So over the last six years, I've been able to coach, oh, I don't know, dozens, I suppose, of kids to be able to run a mile without stopping by the end of the season. And it can be hard because you have some kids who are there because they have parents who just want them occupied during that time, which is totally legit. I understand that. You have some kids who are there because they do other sports and it's great conditioning. And you have some kids who just haven't found another sport. So they figure, oh, OK, well, I'll go see what what they're all about. And those are really the most fun kids because they're the ones who usually have to work the hardest to become consistent with their running. So what I have learned and what I always tell the parents at the beginning of the uh, season is that there are so many applications with learning how to run and be uncomfortable to the rest of life. And so there are these amazing benefits for kids in terms of school. Um, but the, the biggest thing for me is that running can be really uncomfortable, which is why a lot of people don't stick with it. But when you voluntarily do hard things, you can really train your mind to be able to handle the unexpected hard things that pop up in life. So to me, that is the greatest value in learning how to run consistently because you develop a discipline that helps you ultimately take care of your physical and your mental health. So I use that muscle memory of doing hard things all the time. In fact, I'm doing it right now as I record this intro to this week's podcast. When I have just a couple of minutes to do it, I have a lot of people depending on me to get it done quickly. And I'm kind of just using the focus that I've developed through things like running to be able to pull that off. So little background on why we're talking about running today. If you are not into running, still listen. It's not that long. 
But I think that what we're talking about really has a lot of applications for life. So every time you hear me say running, if you are not a runner, or you don't want to be a runner, substitute it for something that you would like to apply yourself to goal-wise. So in this time to ask how to run like someone is chasing you, especially when that person doing the chasing is actually your inside voice. And thank you again, Brian Lau, for helping me pull this off today. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track and living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. There is a guy who worked for Runners Roll Magazine as the chief running officer, one of the best job titles I think I've ever heard, Bart Yasso. And at marathon expos, runners would always go up to Bart and ask him, how can I get faster? And I will never forget his advice because it never changed, whether he was writing in the magazine or he was giving a speech. And he would say, to run fast, and everybody would lean in and listen, you have to run fast. It's true. The best advice is always simple and it is always actionable. In Bart's case, it was also extremely pragmatic because it was just the reality of the situation. So that's kind of how I approach things like running. So I've got three steps, three things. If your goal has been to quote, become a runner and anybody can be a runner. Don't be misled by those air quotes. So step number one, shocker, commit. Like make a decision that you are actually going to do this. And if you make a decision that I, this is something I want to try or I want to try to stick with for a while, you got to have a plan, right? So keys to a plan, a successful plan, do things the same time every day. So I've talked about this before, habit stacking. So that idea of take something that you already do every day, that is a habit, which could be as simple as putting on your shoes or eating breakfast Attach habit one to habit two that you want to make a habit, okay? So take something you are already doing and attach the new thing to it. Do it right afterward and you will probably increase the likelihood that you will do it the next day. If you do that, it will feel automatically a lot easier. And it also opens up the door that it can maybe be a little bit of fun too. But let me tell you what's not fun. What's not fun is not being able to find your stuff. So if you want to be successful starting out a running program, take your running stuff and you don't need much. You need shoes and some clothes. You don't even need that many clothes. (laughs) Shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt, something like that. Take those things and leave them out the night before. Whether you're running in the morning or the afternoon the next day, pack your stuff. Have your stuff out there and ready. Everything down to your sunglasses and your hat. Have it just ready because when you first see that in the morning, you will remind yourself, oh yeah, I'm doing that today. So as silly as it is, put the things out and it will inevitably remove an excuse. Also, give yourself a little something to look forward to. So for example, on the weekends, when I'm heading out in the morning for a run, if I'm meeting a friend, I like a cup of coffee before I go. I don't wanna like roll out of bed and then like roll onto the trail. That doesn't work for me. 
I like a cup of coffee with about 20 minutes to just relax and wake up. But I also like to have a cup of coffee when I get back. So I always look forward to, I'll have that second cup of coffee when I return. So you're just going to decide you're going to do it, have that plan down to your clothes and set yourself up by, for success by having a plan that you're going to go. Step one. Step two, don't think. Thinking gets us into so much trouble, doesn't it? In so many ways. So don't think, just go. By the time you go, you're halfway there. That's the hardest part most of the time is literally getting out the door to do it. So you can learn form along the way, but the truth is, especially when you're starting out, running is running. Like Bruce Springsteen, baby, you were born to run. You were. If you've done zero running, and all of a sudden something was chasing you, I promise you, you will run hard. You will run the fastest race of your life because you have to. Now, I'm not saying do that, but I am saying that you already kind of know how to run. You just don't like how it feels probably, right? So if you're coming from doing zero running, start by walking, then walk fast, then start running a little bit. And I think you have to really make it measurable. And it needs to be visual for it to be measurable. Because I'm not talking about like getting a yardstick out and measuring it. Small steps. So none of this go big or go home because you will go home rather than going big. Small steps. So the way I would break this down, and I do this with the kids, I take them out to the trail. So I use, I look for visual cues for them. So on a trail, a visual cue is usually a tree or shade. So if they're out on a trail and it's just really, really sunny, I'll say, okay, Soon as you hit that next patch of shade, you're gonna walk through the shade to cool off for a second. When you hit the sun again, run to the next bit of shade, run to the next tree. And that tends to work for them. If I'm in the neighborhood and maybe running with a friend who's trying to increase their running, I might look for something that's a little different because maybe trees wouldn't be the best. So maybe it would be a driveway. So you could start as small as when you start the run, I'm gonna run a little bit. I'm gonna run from this driveway to that driveway. Look ahead, pick the driveway. It could be every single driveway that you alternate. Those are called intervals, by the way. It'll make you sound fancy. Then it makes it really easy to increase every time you go out. So if you were doing the driveway run, maybe you're able to change it to being blocks at a time. I'm gonna run this block then I'm going to walk to the next block. I'm going to run this block, then I'm going to walk. And then you can very easily increase that each time, right? Easy. And you can moderate how much you're going to do. Now, at some point, and it happens to everybody, you're going to think you can do a lot more than maybe you physically can at that point. <laughs> you're going to say, I, I can go longer than that. And I'm going to urge you to not do that, which sounds weird because I like to run long distances. But I would say, treat yourself kind of like you would a toddler. Keep it positive. End before you get miserable and you have a tantrum, because you will. <laughs> so end feeling really good, even if you feel like you still had more gas in the tank, you could have kept going. So recapping where we are so far, step number one was make your plan. Step number two, don't think, just go. Step number three is the runner's high. And you've probably heard people talk about this. This is the thing that the guy in the office starts talking about and you're like, oh my gosh, he's talking about his weekend run again. She won't stop. Um, it's legit. But the runner's high isn't exactly what you think. So. 
For some people, that high is, wow, I could keep on going. For me, I define it a little differently. I define it as the confidence that I get from achieving a goal because I feel like if I have a really great run, I leave it all out there. And by it, I mean all the toxic junk that just crowds your brain and your ability to think, to be happy, to be productive. So for me, that's it. I get a real sense of accomplishment from going out and working out. It's just, it's such a great stress relief to me. So you gotta kind of figure out what is your runner's high once you start running. You will hear people talk about like, the runner's high in these like mythical ways, like lunch with a unicorn, walking on rainbows. It's just, it's not like that. <laughs> the reason people don't usually like to run is that it's hard, it's work, it's tiring, and it hurts. Sometimes it really hurts. But to be positive, because I want this to be positive, it's also really, really efficient. If you have limited time to exercise and you need some bang for your buck, it is efficient and it is cheap. Low barrier of entry. You don't have to pay to go do it. You can literally run anywhere you are. And the thing is, doing hard things when somebody hasn't told you to do them is oddly empowering. Suffering, feeling tired, feeling sweaty, feeling exhausted, feeling sore. Suffering when you don't have to suffer makes future suffering a little easier because you draw back on that pain. You draw back on that discomfort. And it's easy to say in the heat of a moment when you're going through a rough time, okay, I can do hard things. I remember when I did that race. I remember when I had that long run and that downpour happened. It gives you this basis of comparison for that suffering level that you're feeling that lets you moderate how much you're going to let something impact you in the moment. It's really, really helpful. And I use it personally all the time. And you might think that all runners love running. They don't. In fact, I think it's probably fair to say that most runners don't enjoy the run as much in the moment, but they sure love how they feel when they're done. Think about that. When you're done, that feeling kind of is the runner's high. That's the feeling that people, I think, get kind of addicted to, right? Not the moment. It's the moment after <laughs> when you realize what you've done. So to summarize, barring a major physical issue, and yes, you should check with your doctor before you start any kind of exercise program, blah, 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 blah. I think most people can run. The distance and the duration, that is definitely individual. But the payoff can be there. And if running is not for you, maybe it's biking, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's fast walking, maybe it's pickleball, maybe, I haven't tried that yet, it looks like fun. Maybe it's weightlifting. It's the goal that is the journey. And in pursuing the goal, you can get a lot out of it. Um, but it's all up to you. You have to decide if you're willing to put in a little bit of work. And the only person you cheat when you don't put in the work is yourself. Thank you again for the idea for this week's show. You can reach out to me if you have something you'd like me to research or talk about, someone you'd like me to have on the show as a guest by messaging me on Instagram. You'll find me at runreadsip. And real quick before we go, super exciting news over here at the Dying Desk Podcast. Last week, we had our episode with 
Dr. John White from WebMD, and we were busting health myths and talking about health hacks to improve your mental and your physical well-being. Those myths, which were kind of out there, like one of them was that you don't have to shower every day, ew. Another one was that you don't really need to make your bed every day because there are actually some health risks, if you can believe it, associated with making your bed. That episode went crazy in the downloads. It was one of our highest rated episodes, I think, that we've ever done. And we actually hit number 130 on Apple Podcasts for self-improvement, which is kind of a big deal. So we've been kind of eyeing a number that we've been looking to crack. And um, that one, that's getting it pretty close. So thanks to everybody who shared the show. And texted and who sent me messages telling me that you found it kind of repulsive. I I did too. I was kind of with you on that, (laughs) but thanks. It was exciting to see all those downloads coming in and see the, see us show up on the charts next to some pretty big national shows. It was super, super cool and totally all you. So thanks for doing that. And um, also, if you could do the same thing this week, that'd be great. (laughs) If you could rate and review the show and share it with your friends, I'd love it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Dying Desk Podcast.